it's a Sunday evening here in the doghouse, and and I have nothing particularly witty or funny to say at this point. So let's just join me here in a sad and morose doghouse for a Sunday evening chat here on the Believe Network. Yes, Sunday evening, and the blues are upon us. Doesn't you have to wait for Monday morning to have that happen. No, the Bulldog Blues are, after Mississippi State, lost all three games to the University of Florida over the weekend. Now, we went into the weekend saying it was a must-win series. Just as a week ago, we said it was probably a must-sweep series against Missouri. We were talking at the time, certainly with Missouri, about an NCAA tournament bid. When State didn't take that series, our goals radically changed to getting into the SEC tournament, and then maybe scoring enough regular season wins to get NCAA attention with some success in Hoover. Now that the Bulldogs have been swept by Florida and have gone 1-5 in in these games, the goals are a whole lot simplified and a whole lot more challenging in the same time. The first is somehow sneak into the SEC tournament, hook, crook, or book, whatever it takes. Find some way to get in the SEC tournament. And secondly, and this maybe has missed a few attentions out there, find a way to end the schedule with a winning record. State is 25-23 and 23 right now, in case you haven't noticed. We're so focused on the conference record that we've ignored the overall record. But when we look at the remaining eight games, if State doesn't win either of those series and stumbles and even makes it to Hoover and loses a couple, they would have the ignominy of being a defending national champion finishing under 500 next year. Now, I'll, take, I'll say this. If they can make it to Hoover and that still forces them to finish under 500, so be it. But how do you miss your own conference tournament? I'm going to have to do a little research. You know, it's been well publicized the last few days that, um, no, this would not be the first time a defending national championship team failed to make it to the NCAAs the next year. It has happened several times, in fact, and, and not just to the Coastal Carolina, but to some well-known names in the sport of baseball. But not make your own conference tournament? Ooh, about the only way I can imagine that is if those leagues don't have conference tournaments. And that would be really, really tough to take. It will not diminish what the 21 team did. I'm wearing the cap quite proudly right now as we record this edition of the Doghouse. But, boy, it would still be tough to take, and uh, we'd certainly catch some uh, ribbing from a certain set up to the north that, uh, you know, we spent our year mocking their passion for Hoover. Well, now we're trying our darndest just to get to Hoover. Right now, to do it, it's pretty simple. Stay ahead of Kentucky. Mississippi State right now is tied for 12th but has the 12th place on the tiebreaker. Uh, the way the SEC breaks ties between teams that are not in the same division and do not play each other is uh, using the highest-ranked common opponent from any division. Well, Tennessee is obviously first, and Kentucky just took two from Tennessee. But State has not played Tennessee yet. They will in two weekends, but for right now, the tiebreaker would be Arkansas. State won one game from the Razorbacks. Kentucky was swept. That's why Mississippi State has that last slot in Hoover as of right now, which means absolutely nothing. And let's see, checking out the future schedules, which I'm sure you'll want to do. 
Kentucky is at South Carolina this weekend and then hosts Auburn to finish the regular season. State, of course, is going to number three Texas A&M and then finishing by hosting number one Tennessee. I'll be interested to see, uh, number one, by the way, in SEC standings. They'll probably still be number one in all the polls tomorrow, but losing a series at uh, Kentucky, maybe it was one of those little stumbles, either a wake-up call or a sign that some of the magic is wearing out. I don't know. Only the Vols can figure that out, and frankly, Bulldogs have a lot bigger problems of their own than to worry about what's happening to the Orange people. So Tennessee should be very close to locking up their SEC championship this week. Arkansas regains some of their momentum. They were really in danger of falling back into a pack uh, with A&M and even LSU nipping at their heels for the SEC West. Now they're up a couple of games. A&M and LSU are tied. A&M has the tie break. And there's Auburn sitting another game back of them who has the tie break on Georgia. I spent a lot of Sunday breaking ties, by the way, but not as much as Saturday evening when there was a four-team tie for ninth place at the time, including Mississippi State. You know, the Bulldogs began the weekend tied for eighth. That was hard to believe in a lot of ways, but the math worked out. State was tied for eighth despite losing a series at Missouri. They improved one place. However, that lead was so diminished and so fragile. All it took was a bad series. Well, they had about as bad of a series as you can imagine, by getting swept by the Gators. I mean, yes, the games were more competitive than the scoreboard showed at times, but that's been true most of the season, and um, bluntly, the SEC or nobody else takes into account competitive games. They just look at one, lost, and do it from there. And, yeah, again, it's always by percentage, but so far, no rainouts in SEC baseball this year. Yeah. Do the Bulldogs need rainouts? No, they need to play games. They need to win their non-conference games because that 500 record is very much in jeopardy if you only play SEC. So they've, they're they going to go to Samford with some serious business. You've got to take care of the other Bulldogs and put another W's margin on your overall record. More than that, though, it's tuning up, getting something right in your head, in your swing, in your delivery, all sorts of things before you head out to Texas A&M. We'll have more about them on Friday. Mike Neem will have their scouting report as well on Gene's page. But the mindset of the team, I thought it was interesting what uh, Coach Chris Lamona said on his post-game radio, that obviously the team understands what's in front of them. I was a little curious that a comedy made that he said, I guess it's harder to get up for each game. But I think I, think I know what he means, that when you've been trying to get up for weeks now with the Ole Miss series, the Auburn series, and those because you were in a hole at that point. Well, you managed to do it. You took the series from Auburn, though you should have swept. You took the series from Ole Miss in quite dramatic fashion, so you came out with a boost, and you've burned up so much emotion and energy getting there, and then you fall flat at Missouri after a game one win. Setting aside that the other Tigers have been a pain in the rear from Mississippi State the last two seasons, that was a numbing one, and at that point, you knew your NCAA hopes, well, make that plans initially, but now hopes, were really much in danger. Uh, with each loss this past weekend, I can see what the coach meant, that it's you, when you're doing everything you can, when you're doing what you know is the right thing and nothing really results from it, it gets harder to come to the next game. And Lamonis continued, he said, but it is what it is. 
We've created it, and now we have to fight out of it. Can State fight out of it with eight games left, six conference games? Well, certainly mathematically they can, but they should have done it against the last two opponents, and they didn't. So it's one of those cases of what have they shown you to make anyone believe that they can, say, win a series at A&M this weekend or make Tennessee you know, pay with a loss or two here? Well, what they've shown is frustratingly erratic talent and skill. I say that because, uh, all right, here's something. I did some more number crunching this afternoon in a few categories just for my own idle curiosity, and it turned out to be a point worth repeating. Do you know? No, you don't, but I'll tell you anyway. Mississippi State, in of the eight SEC series, has only been out hit twice for the three games. And one of it was not by a particularly large margin. No, I'm serious. In six of the eight series, State has batted better than the other team. And sometimes by, again, a considerable margin. Georgia lost the series but out hit the home team by 40 points over three games. Our, let's see. Auburn won the series, out hit them by 19 points. Ole Miss by 40 points. And here's the killer. Missouri. They outhit the Tigers by 60 points and still lost two games. Now, the Florida numbers from this week, uh, the Gators ended up hitting 271, and State was down a little bit, so they were hitting 240. So, again, second time, this one by what, 30 po 31 points. Oh, and the other one was Arkansas, out hit by 67 points, and, uh, and that's a series that the offense didn't show up until the last day, and they managed to avoid a sweep, which right now looms pretty large at the moment. What didn't show this weekend, of course, the average was down as well, but where was the power? They went, what, 26 innings without hitting a home run, and the one homer they did get this weekend out of Logan Tanner came in the ninth inning when the game had already been broken open by the Gators, who also went yard there. That's... <laughs> what, what am I supposed to say? A team that essentially the offense, it was never built around the home run, but it kind of developed itself around the home run this year just because that's what they do. And the homer has kept them competitive. It's kept them fun. It's helped them to win some games. But with no long balls this weekend, they were in deep trouble offensively. And there's your story. The state just did not get the ball to go out of the park. And the offense, well, there was none the rest of the way. Uh, looking at some of the numbers, too, individual players. Look at R.J. Yeager leading off. Uh, good contact, 3 of 12 to show for it with two runs and two RBI. And that was a good weekend, generally, for this team. Uh, Hunter Hines, he has a nine-game hitting streak going on, but he was still just 3 of 11 against Florida, one run, one RBI. Brad Cumbus, 2 of 12. Uh, Luke Hancock, 4 of 14 with an RBI. Logan Tanner now, he was 5 of 13, 3 RBI. Sounds good, except it was only one RBI per game. And here's, here's a comparison. Um, Cameron James, last week against Missouri, 7 of 13, 4 and 4. This weekend against Florida, 1 of 12. So you see guys just 
the, the plate was just not working. They weren't getting the balls to drop. On Sunday, they were hitting air balls that were easy catches. They weren't knocking it through holes in the infield. Just almost everything went wrong, and even when things went right, they went wrong. You know, we have this intangible subject of clutch hitting. Nobody can really define it. It's not the RISP statistic. That's not necessary clutch hitting. However, when you see it, you know what it is. I saw some clutch hitting, but it went unrewarded. For instance, in Saturday's game, there were at least three really, really, really good contacts. You couldn't ask the batter to get a better barrel on the ball, drive it, and all of it were straight to defenders. Now, you tip your hat to the defense. That means they had good scouting, the pitcher delivered the right kind of pitch, and they were able to make the play on the ball without sometimes without having to take a step there. But you can't criticize that Bulldog batter at all because he did exactly what he is supposed to do. Put the barrel on the ball and put some sting in it. They did, and nothing went right. It, it reminds me so much of uh, Logan Tanner's contact up at uh, Missouri in the Sunday game. Was it Tanner? Maybe. I'm st- they're all starting to run together now. Anyway, the bases loaded situation in the first inning, and it is a shot. I mean, it is headed for right field, going to be a double, probably score three runs. State manages to win the series. Instead, because the bases were loaded, the first baseman is playing a few steps over towards the middle infield, and he's able to leap and snag the ball. That kind of stuff seems to happen to teams that just can't make a break for themselves. I talk about catching a break sometimes. Yeah, you take luck. But in this game, you've got to make a lot of your luck, and Mississippi State just can't make it happen. No, I'm not going to get into any voodoo curses or uh, deals with the devil from last year. I may talk about that later in the future show, but uh, for right now, it's just too bitter. Now, if you want a more pragmatic exclamation of what's going on, or rather not going on, look at the last two series and Lane Forsythe, your number nine batter guy who struggled much of the season. Well, the last two weekends, he's 8 of 22, pretty good average, but he's only scored one time. He's hit safely eight times. I think he's reached a couple times on walks, but he's only scored once. When your number nine guy is getting on and not coming home, then you know where the problem is. The The guys at the top of the order who are there because they can and do hit the ball and do... For power and sometimes for average, they're not coming through with somebody on base. It's like it's almost like this team hits better. Hey, here's a thought. Maybe they hit better against pitchers who are throwing from the windup than pitchers throwing from the stretch. I don't think there's any statistic kept on that, but I would certainly be interested to check it out if somebody knows. No, I'm not excusing the pitching, but I will say this. The starting pitching this weekend gave State pretty much what it needed. Brandon Smith, yes, he had a rocky couple there in the first innings of Preston Smith. He wasn't really good to start his game out. Cade Smith was better there. You never know what's inside a player's head or heart unless you ask them. I just thought that Brandon and Preston were scared is the wrong word but they were almost hesitant to try to come at the Gators with their best stuff early in the game. And frankly, the umpire was not a big fan 
uh, stuff that broke outside of the plate away from the batter. And that applies to both pitchers, by the way. So, but, but especially in Saturday's game, Preston is trying to throw that big curve, and it's, it's going away from the batter, but it's breaking away from the plate, and he's not getting the calls, and he's, which is one thing. He's not getting the swing and miss, which is a bigger deal because the Gators were not biting. They showed a really good eye at the plate this week and rarely chased after a bad pitch. Now, they still only get 271, and that's another reason why their series is so frustrating because that's not a really good Gator offense. That is a good young pitching staff, but it's still raw. Mississippi State should have taken advantage. You got the starting pitching you really needed. What you did not get was the offense in the early innings to back it up. What did we talk about on Friday? That the key to the whole series was score and score enough early. Let your pitchers ride instead of having to work just fine and in fear of giving up anything. Let them just pit, rock, and fire, and pitch. Well, obviously, the offense was not able to do that for them. Yeah, I could talk about the bullpen, but honestly, at this point, what are you going to say? They are who they are, and they aren't who they aren't because you, we'll be talking all till eternity, basically, about what might have happened without those injuries. But the truth is, you got to go with what you've got. And if Scott Foxhall seems to pull a guy early or not pull a guy soon enough, well, he's, he knows the pitchers better than anybody possibly can, and he knows what they've got in the arm and what they don't. So let's cut him some slack. By the way, I'm sure there's going to be talk after Sunday's game about let's move Cade Smith up in the rotation, maybe even to Friday night. No, I think he threw, what, 99 pitches today, so there's no way, no way you bring him out this coming Friday evening at A&M. Saturday, maybe, but even then, I don't think so. I tend to think that because of the pitches they threw and the innings they were able to put in, I think they'll stay with Brandon Smith, Preston Johnson, and Cade Smith as your rotation. And I think they'll be a little more guarded with how they want to use some of the relievers who are actually producing there. But then you don't have much to work with, and now you're in a situation where you've got to play every game as if it's a tournament, because it is. You're in a situation now, for that matter, even including the non-conference games, you've got to go with your guns and win games. State, we're forgetting about the NCAA. Let's just, let's just set any kind of NCAA talk aside. The only way this team is making the NCAA tournament is going to be to win the SEC tournament. We won't even debate whether that's possible or not because it's a moot point right now. You've got to get to Hoover first. So you use what you've got to win every game possible and just hope that for the best. Hope that uh, you get a little help from other teams. Not that State needs it, as I mentioned. State controls its own fate as far as the SEC tournament. All I have to do is stay ahead of Kentucky, or you, you're going to be catching up with Ole Miss, which is a 10 wins, South Carolina 10 wins, and you have the tiebreak on Alabama as well, who's a 10-win team. So all three of those teams, State would have the tiebreak right now. Uh, South Carolina, because Ole Miss would be the common opponent. Yeah, I've already run through those numbers, too. But you've got to win the games. <laughs> no rocket science revelations right there. But you've got to win the games. And that means, you know, the starters, if they can come out and throw at A&M like they did the first couple of innings, you know, 
a little bit better start. And I, by start, I mean the very start, the very first inning there. Set a tone and then hope the offense starts doing its job because all you can do is hope. These guys are not changing their swings. They're not changing their approach at the plate. They are who they are. It's a team built for power. And even if they're trying just to make contact, it takes, you know, kind of one example was what Saturday's game where, um, what was it? Um, I believe it was Luke Hancock. You know, State doesn't bunt. And if there was anybody on the team that would bunt, that's the one I would have asked for to do it. But State's not going to bunt. But he put kind of a, a, almost a check swing intentionally on the ball, barreled it up good, drove it into the middle infield, and scored a run. He also bounced into a double play in the process, and so that meant State was playing for just that one run. And that says so much about the season because in a situation like that, normally you're playing to get two runs. You're playing to have a big inning. Instead, State is reduced to playing for the one because that's tough enough to manage as it is, especially on a weekend when the power goes away and you're left thinking, well, what have we got to work with? Well, what they had to work with is who they are. No free, late season free agencies, no additions, nobody's coming off the injury list. It's These are who they are. Individually, yes, they're still good enough to put a team together to win games. Something is simply not clicking in that regard, and even they will have a hard time explaining it because they've seen themselves over the course of the season in individual spots, big hits, good contact, great fielding plays, consistent defense, fine base running, good decisions on the paths, starting pitching, rising to the occasion, a reliever coming in and taking care of his assigned matchups and maybe more, lots of strikeouts, of course, lots of home runs. But has it ever happened in one consistent series? No. In fact, it rarely happens in back-to-back games. It's the inconsistency that not only drives you nuts as a fan who wants these guys so badly to succeed, it's why they are where they are, having to fight their way just to stay in the Hoover conversation at this point. Well, I did something foolish today, probably. I submitted my request for a credential to the SEC tournament. Now, if everything goes completely south the rest of the way, you could call it a jinx, but I doubt it coming off the of last two weeks. There's probably nothing more that my bad luck could do that hasn't already been done. But, and I don't regard it much, so much as an act of faith. I regard it as simply the recognition that this team can win its way to the SEC tournament. And while it uh, doesn't mean anything like what it used to mean, and certainly not in this season's case where, you know, any talk of trying to win this tournament is uh, dreaming. It's fun, but it's dreaming. I just want to get there, watch the dogs play another game in Hoover and play as many games as possible, and then finish out the season with a winning record, and then let's start working on next year. So we'll see if the SEC honors my request. Well, of course they will. Somebody's got to drink all that Dr. Pepper over there. I hope Kathy doesn't hear this. She's uh, not big on soft drinks. Well, there I said it. It's on record. But what else is there? <laughs> like I mentioned, to be in this, I got nothing witty, nothing funny, because there was nothing funny about this weekend. But there's still time left for the Bulldogs to have some fun 
and to make some good things happen and give us a better taste about this season as we go into the long, long, long offseason. Well, that's our Sunday night edition of The Doghouse. Uh, I'm your host, David Murray, and I thank you for joining us here on the Believe Network. And we'll be talking before the weekend is over. Oh, by the way, keep an eye out. Not that it matters much anymore for our updated NCAA RPI, which comes out on Monday morning. State was, I believe, 84 going into the weekend. Yeah, well, Florida was 21, so that will help them a little bit just playing it. But the three losses will probably send them back into the 90s. And But that's not even relevant anymore because that's uh, NCAA tournament talk. And we can just set that aside entirely and try to focus on getting the Diamond Dogs to Hoover. So thank you for listening, and we'll be talking to you soon again here in the Doghouse on the Believe Network.